today we are here with Katie. Hi. And Russell. Hello there. And as of recording, we have not yet had the official opening, but this past weekend you were joined also by Stephen going to a preview for the New York City Harry Potter shop. So tell us a little about your overall experience before we kind of dive into the details. Sure. So the this is the very first flagship New York official Harry Potter store. I have, Originally, their idea was to make a bunch of these across the country, uh, just like the Disney stores in malls um, to have like, you know, the official merchandise and Butterbeer bars where people can go and enjoy them. Um, but then COVID happened. So uh, the New York store was delayed and then now they are reconsidering that. So I don't know where this will go, but for now it is really exciting that we have an official location in New York of all places um, that is separate from the Wizarding World Parks that has a unique butterbeer bar experience and shop and is really amazing to just hang out in. I It's hard to explain because it is just a shop, but there are so many things to, to look at. It felt like a little slice of the parks in, in Manhattan in that when you walk through, everything is just incredibly themed. There are like, this is a store, but there are places where you can just sort of hang out and talk. The Butterbeer Bar is an incredibly social place, and they're planning on growing that a little bit uh, when, when you know, things start to relax a little bit from a COVID perspective so that you can just sort of swing by and and grab a Butterbeer on your way to somewhere or mm-hmm. something like that. And so, like, in that res- in that regard, it, it offers something that doesn't really exist in other places. Like, even in the theme parks, you can't just slip in and get a Butterbeer and get out. Like, it's it, it takes some doing, but here you'd be able to, and it's the same stuff. Like, it's the same... So I, you know, it, and everything was just so interactive. And so, you know, kind of, I don't know, like it felt like I was in, uh, it felt like I was in a store in the parks and and that was, that was a unique thing. You don't get that outside of being actually in the parks for even Disney, like Disney stores didn't feel like that. They felt like stores. Right. This was an entirely unique experience. And it's free. Well, no. (laughs) Because you're going to buy everything. Going going into the building does not cost you anything. Leaving the building <laughs> likely costs you quite a bit as a Potter fan. <laughs> no, that's true. We we spent a little bit of money um, between purchasing one of everything at the Butterbeer Bar and all of the uh, new merch that we we found that we uh, fell in love with. I did very much enjoy that we went in and uh, and I told Stephen ahead of time that we were going to buy one of everything and he was going to have to help you know, eat these things. Uh, and he got halfway through the second cupcake, uh, and was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not, I can't, uh, I can't eat anymore. He tried. Yeah. We ate a bunch of it, but yeah, it was still, a lot of it came home with us. It was, it, there were less options than we thought, or that I thought, I thought there would well, be more food. So what do we do? Do we want to just go down sure. the stuff that they had there? Sure. So like the yeah, drinks, Start off with the drinks. You've got the actual like park butterbeer where they've got the tap that they pull yep. to, to, to fill the butterbeer. And then they've got the foam machine just like in the park to, to top it. Um, and this is the very first place ever that you can request to not have the foam on top of the butterbeer. 
yeah. which is really exciting for vegans. Uh, they can actually have well, a little bit of beer from the not top. just vegans, even people that can't have like dairy based or yeah. other intolerances. So it's actually very good for many people. And yeah, that right. option. You can have you. I very specifically said, "Hey, could you do this one with not the foam?" And they actually just put more butter beer in the tankard, <laughs> uh, which was cool. Um, instead of uh, leaving room for for the foam, you can also just buy the bottles. The, right. the bottles that were originally in the UK only, right, um, are now here in the US, and they've got two different labels. They've got uh, the standard two different labels, but three different kinds. So there's a right. So there's a four pack that you can buy, and these are smaller bottles. They're 200 milliliter bottles, right? And then there are the uh, 275 milliliter bottle bottles, and there's two of those. One with the new butterbeer label that is everywhere that you've seen. And the other one is the Makuza label, the Ministry of Magic for America. Um, and both of them are the exact same recipe inside. Yeah, it's really just whether you want the Fantastic Beast label or the, the right. standard kind of potter. And you're stuff. somehow going to get two of those to me, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah without <laughs> Actually, <doubt>. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That'll be a thing that happens. Uh, so, yeah, your your drinks are cut. You can also get non-Potter stuff if you want tea or coffee or apple juice or something like that. Those are all things that you can get from the, the Butterbeer Bar. And then there's a there's a dessert case. Right. And the dessert case had uh, three different cookies. One was the Sorting Hat. Um, the Sorting Hat was like a sugar cookie base with like a fudge layer on top. And the fudge layer was sculpted to look like the Sorting Hat with all of its various wrinkles and stuff. Uh, and then there was the sweaters, the Weasley sweaters, one for Ron and one for Harry. Um, also sugar cookies in the cutout of sweaters, but with modeling chocolate instead right. of fudge on top, um, which tasted a little different. I I thought that those cookies were not as sweet and therefore no. better for me. Um, <laughs> I didn't like them. Like the, the fudge cookies, like I, I don't think I could eat an entire sorting hat cookie on my own. It was so rich. It was good. Um, there's two different cupcakes. Yeah. Uh, one is a chocolate cupcake with a chocolate frosting on top, and it has Trevor the Frog sitting on top of the uh, the, yeah. the the chocolate. The other is a vanilla cupcake with vanilla frosting, and it has a fondant headwig with a Hogwarts letter. Yeah, it's uh, gorgeous to look at. They're very pretty. It wasn't very like it's fondant, so they're you know they're it, very the standard is, cupcakes. Yeah. It's, it's a very standard vanilla and a very standard chocolate cupcake. And if you like fondant, then Hedwig was great. Uh, the Trevor was just like a, a like a candy. Yeah, it was a little um, chocolate thing. And, but I think all three of us, Stephen, agreed when we were talking about it. Like the best thing that they had there was a made there in New York, not the same as the ones you get in the park chocolate wand. There's a chocolatier in New York uh, that is making these, uh, these, I think they were probably three and a half or four inches long yeah. uh, chocolate wands. Um, so not the size of a proper wand, but uh, really nice chocolate. And it had this like, uh, like silvery kind of glaze over top to give it this kind of like magical reflective kind of look to it. It was really good. But it was delicious chocolate. It was, yeah. it was really, really good. It had little crunchy pieces inside of it. Um, yeah. It was the only thing that I was very surprised to see that they were importing like they weren't making it themselves it was from a company um with the label still on it called sugar couture couture so, silver yeah sugar couture from uh it was from there in manhattan like it was right. it ships from a couple of blocks away um which is cool i would love to see them do more, more of that, kind of of that. absolutely um, that'd be so cool if they gave more locals a chance to show off their craft um and i think that was it for the food yeah, right. no, no savory things. No, nope. um, no, um, nothing. I guess the chocolate wand is the only thing that's gluten free. Um, 
So none of the like treats from like the wizarding world with like the cauldron or any of that. You've got the boxes that's in a separate part of the store, not in the butterbeer bar. If you want to buy the like fudge flies or candy, all the basic stuff you can get at the wizarding world is still there. Um, But that's not in the butterbeer bar. That's in its own. There's actually its own section that has a giant chocolate frog on the top of the, the, that area. And it has very kind of honeydukes themed colors to it. That's um, cute. And the chocolate frog, uh, every couple of minutes, will croak. Uh, <laughs> it moves. Like, croak like make a sound, not croak like die. Yeah, no. <laughs> like croak like make a sound. Oh, you should tell everyone about Butterbeer Jail. <laughs> you can't, we found out. So you can get a tankard um, of Butterbeer, and it's a unique tankard. It's uh, in very much the same way that, you know, uh, London and uh, California and Orlando and Osaka well, they all, all have, have yeah, different, you know, different tankards. The New York store has its own unique tankard, which I thought was really nice looking. But if you get it filled there, you have to consume it there. You cannot take it anywhere else in the store, which I did not know as we were leaving the store. I got I got a refill before leaving. And I w- and then somebody passed by that I was going to go and say goodbye to. And a security guard very much told me that I was in Butterbeer jail and was not allowed to leave until I had finished drinking that thing. So unless you are taking it immediately outside, uh, you must drink it within the Butterbeer bar, which makes sense. It's an open container. Right. It's very sugary stuff. If you spill it on anything, you're pretty much going to There's merchandise butter. everywhere. There's merchandise everywhere. Um, also, uh, unique to the Butterbeer bar mm-hmm. is if you have finished your tankard, there's a rinsing station. Now, you, like, just yeah. like it's behind a bar, you, you like yeah. push it down on the thing. It sprays up water, just like it would if you were, if you know, like you see in a normal bar. I mean, it's also gorgeous. This whole bar is beautiful, by the way. The bar is... Uh, there's there's huge like barrels that have butterbeer plastered on them like all over the place and then there's big pipes that go through the area um, that have these little bubblers so it looks like butterbeer is like flowing through all of the shop in order to get to the actual butterbeer bar the backsplash to the butterbeer bar is um 1000 of the new butterbeer bottles uh, and a bunch of them have lights tucked in them so you've got this really nice kind of glowing like yeah. like tidal wave yeah. of butterbeer that's coming at you when you go to order and the table is plastered in actual newspaper print from Mina Lima um, because Mina Lima designed this whole bar design. Um, it was all designed by them. So the table, you can sit and like eat your food and drink your butterbeer at the table and then read the table while you're sitting there. <laughs> that whole area of the store, I could definitely see becoming a like after work friends like stop by this place or like on the weekends right. people. Just like a coffee shop, like. Yeah, exactly. Super coffee shop vibes, you know, with, but just fantasy theme, like very Harry Potter, but like, you know, coffee shop vibe. Um, So yeah, that was, that was very cool. And, and I think, you know, if they, if Universal gets to a point where they start doing more of these stores and places, that part in particular will be a huge draw. Like, and originally they were supposed to have a walk-up window um, for the butterbeer bar. So you could just walk up on the outside streets of New York, order a butterbeer to go and just keep walking. Which you may still get to do once COVID relaxes. Like right. New York, at, when we were up there on Saturday, New York had just released their mask mandate for outdoor stuff. Um, so all of that in context is very different from how a lot of other places right. are doing. So like a lot of outdoor dining there right now is very kind of sit down um, not walk up stuff still. So that may change within, you know, a month or two. It's very clear that they're still kind of adding some cool stuff onto this store within the next month or two. Yeah. And there are three stories, but only two stories are open right now. 
Um, so the first floor that you enter into has, you know, uh, the majority of the merchandise and the butterbeer bar and the registers. And then the upstairs from there is where the VR is going to be. Um, one of the VR games. It's going to take up the entire floor, we were told, which is fascinating because it's a lot and that of space. doesn't open until July, correct? Correct. Um, that one is called Chaos at Hogwarts. And, and it apparently takes that whole third floor, right? Which is yeah, <laughs> like that's a lot. Yeah, we, we know it's a group game. We know that you will be in there with a group of people. We don't know how many, um, but most likely it will be battling, you know, wand dueling at Hogwarts. Um, the poster shows a bunch of pixies, Hogwarts ghosts, Dobby. Dobby is like the main figure on the poster, which is interesting. I don't know what you know, pixies, Dobby and ghosts have in common, but we're about to find out. Uh, I think there were spiders on there too. Hold on. Let me double check. Stevens yeah. out. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of details. Oh, no, there wasn't spiders, but there is a dragon. Yep. Yeah. There's a dragon. Not a lot of details for what the game is actually going to be, but the, you know, if anything, right. if the poster gives you any indication, it should be, you know, kind of group fun, um, which would be a really cool way to do that. The other one, is in the cellar. Yeah, it's the downstairs. Thing. Um, and it's it's obviously some kind of Quidditch thing. Right. It's a broom flying VR Quidditch experience. All the decorations around that section are up and they're yeah. very cool. Lots of... Uh, Chudley cannons all over the place. Lots and... of artwork from all the different like like professional Quidditch teams in, in Harry yeah. Potter, which was super cool to see, you know, just kind of banners and pennants and, and stuff from all the different groups. Uh, just kind of pinned all over the place. That was an incredibly cool design. Yeah. To to see. And one side, I don't know if this will have anything to do with it, but there's a poster up for Nimbus 2000 on the right side, and then there's a poster up for the Firebolt on the left side. So I don't know if maybe there will be options for different brooms that you could do, um, but that would be really cool to see. This could is be just some are guessing. Like, some are like less stable, but go faster. <laughs> that could be. Thing. We don't know. It's all a mystery. But yeah. either way, I'm really excited for both of those. Especially, I mean, you do VR stuff every day. This I have, like, if it works the way that I think it does, you, people will put a headset on and they'll straddle this broom and there'll be, like, fans on, mm -hmm. like, in front of them. And the fans will kick up depending on how fast you're going to increase that kind of feeling that you're actually flying, which should end up being a lot of fun. But there are similar setups to, to doing that kind of thing for flight in VR. And, and they're they're pretty great. Yeah. So when are we going? <laughs> July, apparently. <laughs> um, so when you walk through the front door, the first thing that you can't help but notice is a larger-than-life fox. Fox of Phoenix. Uh, hanging from the ceiling. Massive, yeah. very colorful, like, you know, super well done. And that is one of, like, six or seven massive statuesque things that you'll find throughout the, the oh, store. Yeah. And each one of them have their own kind of unique interactive component to it. You go downstairs, there's a massive serpent in the dark art section. And every once in a while, if you hang out down there, you'll hear parcel tongue. Yep. Um, there's um, flying Harry Potter books. You walk into, there's a whole <laughs> section that's just the books for like, you know, they're, they're all the different versions of the, um, you know, us, um, you know, English books. So if you want the, 
Gryffindor edition or the Hufflepuff right. edition or, you know, like all of those books are there. Um, the great big new illustrated books yep. uh, were there. But yeah, as, as you walk through this doorway that is made of books uh, <laughs> and then you look up, uh, there are a whole bunch of the Harry Potter books suspended from the ceiling as though they are flying and they they move like they're, yeah. they're animated, um, which was kind of nice. It's exciting. There's stuff everywhere. I think just taking your time and exploring the shop you could really spend hours just looking at everything um, because besides just the actual statues and the decorations, you also have real movie props used from the film that they brought in, in glass cases. And you can use the mobile app, um, the official Harry Potter mobile app to scan the little key symbols next to these items and then learn more about them, about how they were made or and how they were designed and, and when they were used in the movies and just everything. Cause they're, you know, they're sitting right in front of you, which is just so cool. And, and at least for right now, if you find all of the key symbols in the store on your app, uh, then you get, uh, there's a special collector's pin. Right. Uh, for the you store. Find you find all the, key symbol we did we did and it's fascinating because so originally i am not sure how much you know about the harry potter fan club the wizarding world gold so this was you know launched what two years ago now Mm -hmm. about two years ago and a lot of americans really didn't get much out of it the first year um, besides the the pin collecting, which is, you know, the main thing. So it feels like this prize that you win for doing the scavenger hunt in the store is the exact same, you know, pin that they would have given out if you had Wizarding World Gold, because that is what, you know, that was the biggest thing for Wizarding World Gold is that you can go to every location related to Harry Potter besides the theme parks and collect each pin. So you don't have to have gold anymore. To get this pen, which is really interesting. Yeah, but you still have to go through quite a bit. Yeah, you still have to, to scavenger hunt around to, to, to be able to get it. But they also, um, this pin was the only pin that was plastic. Uh, it was also, it had a plastic backing and uh, more of like a safety pin backing instead of like the, the straight pin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that interesting because all of the other pins sold in the store are metal. Um, including the exclusive, like there are two exclusive New York pins, um, the Phoenix pin and the gargoyle, the Griffin gargoyle Dumbledore staircase um, logo, which is, they basically picked like three different logos to represent the store, which I found really interesting. Um, they have the the Phoenix. So they have Fox the Phoenix as the, the one of their main logos and then the gargoyle, um, the Griffin gargoyle statue um, on the stairs. And then the third one is the dragon around the clock, which is the actual like little statuette outside of the New York building um, on the side of the building. So all three of those items are all over the exclusive merch. I think those are the three, the three things that everyone is guaranteed to recognize. Like, cause you can't help them see the dragon. It's the very first thing you see when you're outside, right. like before you get to see any of the cool stuff. Um, the, the, you know, Fox is what you see as soon as you go in the door. And then when you get to the middle of the store, there's a pair of staircases that wrap around one another to go downstairs. And in the middle of that, is this huge brick pillar at the top of which is Dumbledore's Griffin. Uh, And every couple of minutes that Griffin 
rotates around just like it does in the movie. And there's, there's a little bit of audio that goes with mm-hmm. it. And, and it's this really cool like moment where everyone sort of stops and, uh, and takes a picture or grabs a video as it's, as it's moving around. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. I was still talking about the other stuff. I know, I know. So the other, when you go downstairs into the cellar, there's um, there's a jewelry section where they've got like a lot of the stuff that you can get in other places, like the Swarovski. Yeah, like all of those kind of jewelry pieces. They're in a nice kind of display case, and above that is a massive gold time turner. Yep, um, which was super cool. what were the other like big statue things? Oh, Hagrid. Hagrid. Um, so there's a massive, like life-sized uh, cardboard cutout, basically, of Hagrid um, with with a, with a ruler that goes up to nine and a half feet so that everyone can measure themselves up next to Hagrid and Fang. Um, you can walk up and, and stand next to them and see how short you are compared to, to these two. And then next to, like in front of uh, Hagrid is a recreation of Hagrid's boots for you to put your feet inside of to see like, you know, just how giant they are for, for you. And that was, that was pretty cool. And to the right of Hagrid, uh, there's an elevator. Well, at first there's a, a children's section. Well, I haven't talked about any of the merch. Okay. Yet. So All we're right. talking about like the stuff. Okay. <laughs> this is so difficult because there's just so much. So there's, there's two sets of elevators. There's one set of elevators that goes from the first floor to the cellar. And there's another set of elevators that go from the first floor to the second floor. Right. Um, and that one was that roped off, off, but looked exactly the same as this one. Yeah. Uh, downstairs, if you're downstairs and, you, and you're in the cellar and you go to this area, all wrapped around this door um, are the same greenish black tiles from the Ministry of Magic. Uh, and, and they're actually, uh, Stephen learned this, they're painted with something special to make it so that they are cold to the touch, no matter what's going on. So you can reach out and touch them in there and they're cold to the touch, just as they are described in the books, which I thought was a super cool touch. You push the elevator button, uh, and there's, you know, it's, it looks like the fireplace, fireplace, one of the giant fireplaces from inside the ministry that you would use for the flu network. Uh, and when you, when the doors open, uh, you were the, the red flame in front of the fireplace is replaced with this bright green. The entire elevator is bright green with bright green lights coming down to make it feel like you're taking the flu network to go from one floor to the other, which was a, a super cute touch. I love that. Um, and, and I, every single person who saw it immediately <laughs> lit up, uh, like as soon as the doors open, it's, it's a very cool kind of, you know, it was a cool opportunity that they took. Like just making everyday things into other Harry Potter references. Well, and also just making things magical in every single corner rather than breaking that wall just because you're taking an elevator and not the stairs around the statue. And then that's that's the theme with this entire shop is that everything has got, you know, er everything serves some form of purpose, even if that purpose is just whimsy. The... uh, the top of the stairs, there's a set of, there's a giant version of the Elder Wand that is a signpost and has a whole bunch of, you know, different, you know, this is in this place and this is in this place. And it points those arrows out. And if you follow the staircase with the griffin down to the bottom, uh, you get to the bottom of the stairs and the the poster sets for the two handrails terminate with uh, Voldemort and Grindelwald's wands. In like in giant kind of brass relief. Well, even the the wands were all the way around on the top too. Yeah. The railing yeah. was made out of wands. Yeah, all of it, like all over the places, is, is really interesting. But it it was fascinating how well represented kind of every aspect of 
you know, the Harry mm-hmm. Potter world was. Like they 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 kept an eye on the villains. They kept an eye on the. Uh, Stephen pointed this out. All of the merch sections in the store are incredibly balanced. Yes, nothing leans one way towards Gryffindor or Slytherin. Like you see, and you walk into a you know a hot topic or something like that, and you you know you're you're basically lucky if you find anything Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw in a lot of those shops. Every single area of this store where they sold some form of merch, it was almost perfectly balanced. Yep, between the four houses, it was great, and that was. That was unique and noteworthy mm-hmm. in, in that it was just every section was was every group was was well represented. And that was very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that even goes for I, I found that really cool, especially when it came to the personalizations, because this is the first time I've seen them put up. Uh, first of all, there are so many items you can personalize here, but there were equal amounts of every house. For the personalized items, which is something that you don't usually see. And the um, same goes for, uh, you know, just like any, you know, any other Hogwarts experience uh, within the Wizarding World, there's a massive selection of wands that you can buy. Mm-hmm. But the New York store is home to several sets of exclusive wands that you can only buy there. And uh, at least two from each house uh, are are set up there and they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Hufflepuff one that Stephen got is um, is her cup. Yep. Um, like sitting at the top of the wand, uh, they had one that was just a giant, really genuinely terrifying looking yellow badger. Um, <laughs> that was the entire wand was just this you know kind of elongated badger. Um, they they did. Uh, they had the di- diadem. diadem. They had. Hogwarts castle theme. The castle one was so detailed. It is so like, you can go look it up on the Harry Potter shop website and and it is meticulously detailed. I was really impressed by that. We did find out. So the only wand that is exclusive, exclusive to the New York store is the golden snitch wand. And it's fascinating because when they launched the New York store website, this was months ago back in like, uh when was it i mean you you purchased something from them in february it was late january when right. the store uh was first available um so yeah i i bought something mid february early february and and it arrived from like from new york right it had shipped from new york and that was the golden snitch wand yep. but you cannot do that anymore they took it off the website now you can only get it physically in the store now so there's there's tons of stuff up there right you can still buy the other wands though the, the the house wands that they have these are all their new line of of wands that you can get in london and also this new york store yeah but they're not selling them in the park you won't find any of the house exclusive ones in the parks no at least right now mm-hmm. those are only if you're in the u.s you're only going to find them in the u.s store right it's important so danny if you had the opportunity to buy a Hogwarts acceptance letter that had all of your personal information on it, what would you, what do you think you'd be willing to pay for that? I know the prices Stephen's already told me. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen called me on his uh, trip back to Connecticut. (laughs) I picked up two of these for my niece and nephew. They're 25 bucks. Uh, It came with, uh, some really nice looking parchment that had, you know, kind of the the acceptance letter all, you know, kind of beautifully written out. 
as well as a wax stamp mm-hmm. um, and an envelope that also had their information on it. So if I wanted to fold all of this stuff up and uh, and have it in this kind of wax sealed envelope and hand to them to open, then you can, um, or it gets put in this, you know, kind of display envelope um, like you would get in a theme park and you can kind of hand it over to someone. So that's the $25 version or you can have your letter completely handwritten uh, by Mina Lima uh, using all of the same materials that were used in the movies or to, to, to write an acceptance letter uh, for not twenty five dollars. It's one thousand two hundred dollars. I think twelve hundred. Yep. To have this handwritten letter, uh, and um, so I was really happy to spend the twenty five bucks <laughs> on, uh, on that acceptance letter. I felt pretty right. good about that. Uh, but it was that's just the start of the personalization. There, mm-hmm. they had like you can get jerseys and and robes and stuff personalized well, within the theme parks not like this they don't have customized quidditch uh sorry not quidditch triwizard tournament jerseys that was new they had one for every house and you can get your name personalized on the back of them in like great big letters big le- yeah big letters a version of that does exist in orlando because We've seen that done, but not for the Triwizard Tournament jerseys. No. It was for this other kind of newer set of house right. jerseys. I want to ask, but they also had the Weasley sweaters on the list. So I don't know if that means they will custom knit you a Weasley sweater with your letter on it. They probably have like, you would assume it's 26 letters. Yeah, they probably have the options right. you know, kind of existing there somewhere. Right. Um but yeah, so like the the personalization there was fun, and then the wands, the wands, um, the wands can all be uh, not all of them, but a bunch of them can be uh, laser engraved. Yep. Um, for I think it was uh, up to fifteen characters for some, uh, but yeah, depending on the kind of, of wand, some of them are actually like Luna's wand because it's so uh, unique at the bottom of it. There's less space, so it actually goes down to nine characters that you can have engraved on it. But it's actually a laser engraver, yep. um, which. Surprised me when I first looked at it, it, it almost looked like it had been printed on and it wasn't going to last very long. But then, then she corrected me and said, no, these are these are carved into the, the wand, uh, which is a new thing. It's great. Yeah, no, no one's ever done this laser engraving officially. So that's pretty cool, and especially with a 15 character limit. They said you don't have to put a name on it. It could be a phrase. It could be anything you want. Um, they even said someone had already purchased one to propose to someone. So that's that's pretty cute. They said uh, they've seen a lot of cute things uh, engraved. And it'll, it'll be engraved on the spot. You can take it home that day. So that's and there were there were journals, um, stationery. Um, what else did they have? They had ex- the acceptance letters, obviously, and the house robes that you can do um, at the parks and the trunks. You can, so the trunks you can personalize are a whole, those. that was a whole new thing for me. Is this something that exists in other places where you can just buy like the trunk full of stuff? Um, yeah, they, so they had themed um, Hogwarts house themed trunks and it came with everything you would possibly need, like the stationery, the scarf, the tie, a the wand. The one, wand of, one of yeah. the house wands. One of the house wands. But it's, the thing is that it's all themed after your house. So if you get the, the, the Hufflepuff, you know, box... It's you, you get the, the actual trunk that you can lift up and take away. And it's a, it's a nice looking trunk. You get uh, the Hufflepuff Triwizard Cup Jersey. Yeah. 
the badger wand, a box of every flavor beans. Uh, the, I didn't the, see that. Yeah, That's the cool. stationery, um, like all of the kind of uniquely themed stuff. And it was 250 bucks. Um, that actually doesn't sound bad at all. No, right. like there are more, like there, there's like levels up. I think there was a $320 version that you could get that had nicer stuff in it. <laughs> um, but like as a, as a, you know, for someone who's having like a Harry Potter birthday and you really right. want them to have like that whole experience, I could totally see a parent coming into this place and spending 300 bucks on the acceptance letter and the trunk and, you know, mm-hmm. something else Oh yeah, and just, you Easily. know, all in one package. Like yeah. I, I could totally see that being a thing that happens regularly there. But I was surprised because I don't remember seeing those trunks uh, in the parks. They do have the trunks, but they're just, you can buy the trunks by themselves. Just separately. As far as I know, um, that was the last time I ever seen them where you could just buy them. They were very expensive, even on their own, but yeah. They look nice. <laughs> um, so there's a toy section of the store that has all of the standard stuff from the, from the parks. parks. Nothing really stood out there. You've got the, the quaffle ball and you've got the plushies for everything. Um, you know, and, and all of the, you know, kind of plushy or, or like very small child appropriate stuff um, was in this area. And, but it was themed with the dirigible plum tree. Luna. <laughs> Uh, so you've got a great big dirigible plum tree with a tree with a, a great big sign that says, you know, please stay off the, the dirigible plums. And it just, you know, it's cute. it was a nice little area. Like there was, I don't know but, if it was scabbers, like, but there was like a little rat in, hidden in it. Something was that? hidden in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, kind of so, but it wasn't, none of the actual contents of that area were new. It was no. all stuff that I had seen elsewhere. Yeah. There was nothing new as far as merchandise over there, but they, they do a good job with carrying not only the Wizarding World Park merchandise, but they also have everything from Potter, or not everything, but a lot of the Pottery Barn Harry Potter collection. Mm. And then, of course, like the other companies for the jewelry, the Alex and Ani, and like the, if you go around, you'll see like all of the big companies and their merchandise as well in there. Hardcore fans will recognize where a lot of this stuff comes right. from. People who are just sort of casual fans who step into oh, this yeah, place for the first no time are going to be blown away. Right. Like that's. Right. Yeah, it's really just nerds like us who are like, oh, yeah, this stuff <laughs> comes from this place. Like these people, like a lot of people are going to walk into the store and just be blown away at yeah. how many different things. Like there, there was a whole room near in near the Butterbeer Bar that had merchandise that I've never seen before. It's not in the Wizarding World Parks. And it was specifically like newly designed house themed clothing and bags to match and, you know, uh, all the little accessories for each house. It was a very interesting design. I, I would say it's, it's adult. Um, it's just very simple, very, you know, casual, casual house designs. Um, I wasn't thrilled with them, <laughs> but they are there and it's worth taking a look. Um, it might be your style. So it wasn't mine. I, I don't know. I'm just very loud with my style and these things were very. So what I hear you saying that, although it's not your style, it's probably my style. It's probably yours. <laughs> I think you would love this section. <laughs> I was just kind of like, well, this is too quiet for me. <laughs> I don't want to hide that I'm a Gryffindor. I want to be like, but it, it and this is why you're a Gryffindor. Right. Like literally exactly. summed up in a sentence. It was some really nice kind of subtle designs. And, right. and there's definitely room for that kind of stuff. Likewise for the, the kids section, there's, yeah. there's like a kid's clothing section and it ranged from babies. Like, yeah, very small babies. To, to, you know, kids who are ready to have their robes for the first time. Right. 
that kind of whole range. That was so cute. There were so many baby accessories I've never seen. There's a ton of different options there. That was, that was cool. Yeah. Um, As soon as you walk in where the, uh, where Fox is, Mm -hmm. uh, there, that entire area is full of merch that is specifically New York store themed. Yep. Um, So some of it is the dragon on the clock. Right. um, Or the, the, you know, Griffin or the, I'm sorry, the Fox with the, the wing spread. Yep. Um, you know, but all of it has New York on it somewhere. Right. It uh, all says New York, including um, masks, masks, hats, bags, umbrellas, um, ponchos, literally just everything. It's yeah, on everything. But just an extremely like in very much the same way that if you if anybody's ever been to the Nintendo New York store, <laughs> there is a whole bunch of stuff there that is specifically Nintendo NYC. You right. know, and this is this is that part of the store. But I gotta say. It was all really nice. It was really nice. The shirts were super comfortable because I, I ended up picking up one. Great. Yeah, yeah, none of this felt slapped together. It was it was all kind of high end stuff, right? Um, including a bunch of mugs, yeah, um, which were which were kind of nice. They ranged in in a bunch of sizes, um, but there were two that you had never seen before. I mean, I had never seen three of them, but I only purchased two of them because I, I love mugs. I collect mugs, um, and they had one that was like a very large mug. It was white. And it says, you know, it just says the standard like New York Harry Potter store. Um, and then the other one is the, um, <laughs> the Niffler. So they have a Niffler mug that I've never seen before. It was so cute. It actually has a little molded Niffler on the handle and it's like peeking into the mug. And at the bottom of the mug is a coin. So like when you finish your drink, there's like a coin at the bottom um, and it says like Niffler around the mug and there's a matching mug for it that has Dobby and Dobby's like sitting at the top of the handle and at the bottom of your mug is a sock and it's so <laughs> cute. Um, and then they had a Makuza, a gold Makuza mug that I had never seen. Uh, I think those were the only, there, there may have been one more, but um, it probably just said New York store on it. Yeah. I think there was a smaller black one. That was the Makuza one. No, the Makuza was gold. Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they were all beautifully done. Very, very great quality. Likewise, all of the uh, the house merch that was tucked away over where the registers are. Oh, yeah. Um, they had a bunch of kind of house pins and, and lanyards and stuff. But the thing that caught my eye, you and I were talking about this earlier, was this little keychain that has the glass uh, house... <laughs> Competition. I think they have these in the parks. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, they're okay. So in the, in the great hall, it's the, uh, the gemstones for each house in the, in the glass um, um, house point jars. Mm-hmm. And they have one for each house. But it was like turn. a, it was like an hourglass. Like yeah. it was like a sand because it was all shrunk down. It was, it was your, your, you know, your group's color in <laughs> this little hourglass. And it was just, it was just kind of nice. It's cute. I, they definitely hid the pin section, which is strange. So there are a whole bunch of little like um, stands on the side of the room where where you can check out. And a lot of people were missing them. Like everyone just kind of walked right by this whole section of, of pins. And there were pins that I've never seen. And it was just mostly house themed. I think a lot of people were rushing through the right. Through the yeah. And Steven said one of the things that um, was interesting to him is that there were pins sporadically spread throughout the store. It wasn't yes. like one section. There that, wasn't just a pin wall. No. Yeah. If you are a pin collector, you can't just go to one place. You need to 
Yeah, it was tough. I found I found random little pins that I've never seen before, like scattered in the strangest places. There was like a makeup section and uh, a lot of the stuff that you can get at Ulta Beauty, the, you know, the Harry Potter collections. And I walk over and they had like pins there that I've never seen before next to the makeup. And I was like, this is what, how would I know that this was there? That was a little strange, but definitely, I mean, it, it really gets you to explore everywhere. If you are looking for something specific like that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just take your time and look everywhere. Cause there's more than, you know, they're not in the jewelry section. Yeah. You could very <laughs> easily spend several hours wandering the store and still feel like you missed something. Oh, on the I, way I, I, I still feel like I missed a is, lot of things. Uh, it's, it's very full. Um, Everyone who works there has a lanyard that is colored by their chosen house. Uh, so you'll, you'll see people walking around with greens and blues and reds and yellows, depending on what house they are in, which was kind of a nice touch. Um, and none of those lanyards are for sale. No. <laughs> um, so if you if you want them, you have to, to go and work there. <laughs> but the masks um, are for sale. The masks are for sale. They're all wearing the standard New York masks and they sell those. It's just black and gold, you know, very right. kind of standard. But, but they, also, I want to shout out to all the workers. They were amazing. Every single person who worked there was clearly a fan. Nobody felt like they were just there to catch a paycheck. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a little early. You know, this right. is kind of the first day where a bunch of people have been in there. But they were all super nice and incredibly knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. The absolutely. people who worked in the jewelry section knew every single thing that was in the case and up on the wall. The people who worked in the dark arts section, you know, were, were very familiar with all the stuff that was available anywhere. You could ask anybody in the store where something was and the only reason they wouldn't know it is if it had just been put up five minutes ago which, <laughs> right. was, the, which was the case with one of the mugs it's true the, they turned around and were just like that was not there earlier like that's, <laughs> uh which was very funny but like they were all just incredibly knowledgeable yeah. friendly people who all were just excited to be there and weirdly uh, we ended up eating before going. To right. We shop. ate at a restaurant right beforehand that was around the corner from the building. And I started talking. Uh, I had Harry Potter merch on and the guy behind the counter was like, oh, do you work at the store? And I was like, no, no, no. We're just we're going to visit it. And he's like, oh, yeah, they come in here and eat all the time. And they are just the loveliest people. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's so nice to hear. That's great. I was like, I, I figured, you know, that they would hire actual fans. And, and they really did. But yeah, all. All super nice, uh, you know, really kind of knowledgeable staff. That was really right. Cool. And the uh, my only complaint about the checkout process is that it doesn't support Apple Pay. Oh, uh, which was a, a silly complaint, but right. And my only complaint is that they missed one big obvious thing: the the bakery. So we started thinking this is a store in New York. And there are a lot of Fantastic Beasts references in this store. They really missed the mark on not having a Jacob Kowalski bakery within the Butterbeer bar or next to the Butterbeer bar where you sell croissants or, you know, any of the things from the movies, like little Niffler breads or, you know, something like that. That would have been so cute. They would have sold out with everything in that. It would would have been perfectly themed. Um, I think right now they're these the the people running the store are aware that they have to do everything in incredibly high volumes because yeah. the people who are going to be coming in and out of the store you know it's it's going to be tens of thousands of people a day and they need stuff in the store that they can produce right tens of thousands of in a day <laughs> and you know i you have never lived in new york uh but like if a place has like a great croissant 
like there will be lines around the the block to to get just that thing. <laughs> so like a place has to be kind of. I have waited in that. very long lines in New York just for a cookie. Yeah. Right. Like that's, oh yeah, me too. The, if they had like really good stuff there, yeah. the lines would be unmanageable for for stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying that 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 justifies That'll probably having still happen down. for the butter beer. I'm sure that it will, but. Like, <laughs> They, they have to be able to manage stuff in incredibly high volumes in order to do that stuff, especially in a place like New York. It's just, it's really. Yeah, and with stuff like that, you have to also think of butterbeer is very specific to that store. I don't necessarily know if I, even if it was shaped like a Niffler or whatever, would choose the Harry Potter store to go get my baked goods while I was in New York. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, New York is home to some really incredible food, and it's true. But I still would enjoy some more substantial food I, options. A, a savory option would be great. Something you know that to balance the sweet, because all it was was we have sugar and more sugar, right? Um, which mm-hmm. would you know, so some kind of savory option would be awesome. Um, but again, it's and and just to point out, a croissant is not a savory option. No, just but a, it's bread. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not just plain sugar. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, some I, I have a feeling that we, there will be lots of changes to the offerings at that little butterbeer bar as time goes. I'm mm-hmm. sure that they will be kind of well, rigged. and especially once the next Fantastic Beast movie, oh, there'll probably be some retheming through things to push that. So let's do since there is so much merch, each of your top three items that you saw and or purchased. Let's see. Uh, thing that I saw but didn't purchase was the uh, Hungarian Hortail Wand. Oh, yeah. It's this really pretty kind of steely blue, and it's not a straight wand. It no, it was, the, it, it was the Ukrainian Iron That's Belly. That's what it was, Ukrainian Iron Belly uh, wand. But the, like, the wand edge curves with the, with the tail. And I thought that was such an incredibly cool look, and I, I didn't end up picking that up, but that was, that was very cool. Um, the, the New York store specific shirts. I got the yeah. one that was, uh, the, uh, the dragon, the dragon the wrapped clock. around the clock and it's really nice. It's a super comfortable shirt. I'm really excited that I got that. And I guess the third thing would have to be those acceptance letters. Yeah. Uh, they're like, I just, for 25 bucks, I, I see them making just tons of those. Oh, I think absolutely. there's going to be like, I, it is wild that that's not a thing that has happened already for people to be able to just order kind of custom acceptance letters for kids. Cause that's like, yeah. what? Why um, are you limiting this to kids? There is a nice empty space right there <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> that's just saying, I would love to have a framed letter on that wall. Sure. <laughs> it would be pretty great. I, I'm trying to think of, of everything. I I know there's something that I wanted that I did not get because they didn't have the specific one I wanted, but the Mina Lima shop, which we forgot to mention, um, is incredible. Uh, It's the first time that Mina Lima has an official shop in the United States that you can just buy all of their prints and all of their accessories um, that are official and some of them signed and numbered. It is uniquely uh, roped off. It is. It's a shop within a shop. Because it's a small space. They only allow a certain number of people in the Mina Lima area at a time, but it also has its own register. And it it almost felt like it was maintained by its own staff. It is. 
Um, like they were still dressed as everyone else, but they clearly had like a different. Yeah, they were they were Mina Lima staff, yeah, specifically, which was interesting. Yeah, but, but beautiful. Like you walk in, and every single millimeter of that place is so. It's exactly clean. like the Mina Lima shop in London. If you've ever been there or seen it, it's exactly like that, but just smaller. Um, but and have... the old shop because they're they have oh, now the moved. Shop. Yes, correct. And I know you yeah. haven't seen the new one yet. That's true. <laughs> Um, but what I wanted was, uh, they actually sell Harry Potter themed wallpaper. And right now, um, they are only selling two of those wallpapers in this New York shop. One of them is the Marauders map. And the other one is the black family tree. And I specifically have been wanting the blue golden snitch wallpaper that they (laughs) had in, um, in London and they apparently don't sell it anymore. And I am heartbroken. Um, but either way, like the, oh, and they had a third one. No, they had the books. Um, they had the, the Hogwarts book covers as a wallpaper. It's a little chaotic, but it's beautifully done. Yeah. Um, so th- those three sure. you it's, can buy. Yeah. Uh, so that would be one of the items. That was a long explanation, but th- that's absolutely one of them. Um, and then I loved... This is so hard because there's so much. Um, But I really do love those, those Dobby and Niffler mugs. Like those were so cute. I've never seen anything like that before. Um, And then, and those are also available online. Um, My third item. Oh my gosh. I have to pick one more. This is so tough. I really like my Hogwarts sweatshirt. The new Hogwarts that, sweatshirt. There was a new good. Hogwarts sweatshirt. Really nice. It's the same one Stephen got, or no, the, no? This one's black with uh, like kind of speckles all over it. No, it's blue. It's a very dark blue. It's a dark blue Hogwarts sweatshirt, and it has the um, Hogwarts crest on the front, um, printed in like this puffy paint. And then on the back, it's puffy paint and it just says Hogwarts um, in letters across the back. And they have a matching Luna one, which I almost bought. And it was tie dyed um, sweatshirt with like a, a teals and pinks uh, as the tie dye color. And it was like the puffy paint in pink lettering across the back for Luna. Love good. Um, that was adorable and very tempting to get. <laughs> so I'd say those two. Uh, those are like my top favorites. There was also supposed to be in the store a uh, Thestral wand, but they had yeah. they had actually sold out online uh, and have remained sold out. And so they will be in the store at some point, but they are not there now. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, the Thestral wand looks pretty great. Can guarantee Katie would have had that in her pocket. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I would have I would have bought that on the spot, but it wasn't an option. Uh, I would have had it engraved too if I had that. Um, but they did. Oh, the other thing is to keep an eye out. Uh, Mina Lima is going to offer, uh, eventually, I don't know exactly when they made an exclusive print, uh, for the New York store opening. It says New York, Harry Potter store 2021. Um, and it's, it's gorgeous. It's not available yet, but Steven and I, when we were talking to the people from in there, uh, said that the prints hadn't arrived yet. That they were that they were supposed to be there in time for the Thursday opening. Okay. So we didn't get to see them, but they're supposed to show up early this week, yeah. so that they are there for everyone. To and and these are the same prints, like the style of prints that you can buy in the Wizarding World parks. Uh, they're all signed and numbered. And they're probably going to be very expensive. So I'm not seeing the Luna or the Hogwarts one on the website, but I'm also only like halfway through. Are they 
sweatshirts or are they spirit jerseys? Uh, that's actually a good that's question. A good question. They're, not, they're not thick like they're sweaters. They're very thin. They're but... probably closer to spirit jerseys in that they're not like they're not thick. They're not really insulated. Mm. They they cover as much as a sweater. Yeah, they're, they're a little like, baggy. They're a little baggy. So yeah, I guess they're probably... they sound more like a spirit jersey. When you were saying puffy pants, I'm like, I feel like that's that yeah. tends to be a yeah, like with the probably... name across the shoulders on the back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a spirit jersey. Okay. Okay. Yes. Spirit jersey. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I love it. Whatever it is, it's gorgeous. Yes. There was a whole Luna section of just like Luna merch that was near the cash registers. That was cute. Tempting. Very tempting. See that? <laughs> they they need a Neville section. Just saying. They, they had they have Neville sweater. Uh, it's not the same. But no. They didn't really have much of anything else. Nothing else, Neville. Serious missed opportunity not to have the pajamas. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> they they didn't have anything Jacob Kowalski related either. I know our, our friend Dave. Not a wizard. I know he's not a wizard, but he's part of the Fantastic Beast series. Doesn't matter. This is a star for He wizards. needs it's merchandise. <laughs> I don't make the rules, but that's everything in the store was wizard oriented, and Jacob's not a wizard. <sighs> Queenie yes, stuff was there. It's so sad. <laughs> there are Jacob fans out there. <laughs> I'm aware. Jacob's great. <laughs> Jacob's not a wizard. <sighs> All right, so let's wrap up with just overall reaction advice for like if someone can go and doesn't necessarily have a whole day, best thing to look at. So the best thing to look at if you're going to walk into the store is like if you've got a limited amount of time, make a beeline straight for the back of the store to the Butterbeer bar, do do the Butterbeer thing first, and then whatever time you have to wander through. I think the cellar was probably the more interesting part of the store. You go downstairs yeah. and that's where the dark arts and the books and the, but take the, the elevator. engraving. <laughs> so yeah, make make the beeline for the Butterbeer bar and then take the take the flu network down to to check out all the stuff in the cellar and then call it, you know, call it. You could probably do that within a half an hour. Yeah. Um, if, if there's not a, not a ton of people in there. So if you've got a little bit of time, if you're like, if you're planning on going set aside two hours, mm-hmm. like you're just, just to walk around with your mouth open, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to enjoy all of it. Like you really should set aside a solid two hours yeah. to kind of experience the store. That would, those would be the only two things that I would say. There, there is a strange interactive wand thing in the center of the store and it takes up a lot of room. It's very strange. Um, we still couldn't quite figure out what they originally intended it to be because it's just you, it's heat. You said it was heat activated. No, it wasn't heat activated. It was, um, it's, it's electrochemical. So, so there like are when wands you're, when around this circular it, globe. They're all like brass wands. Right. And when your hand touches it, it completes a circuit that wakes up the display in the middle of the thing. Right. Just kidding. It's magic. And when you touch it's- it, it- <laughs> All it does is show you the Patronus of the wand that you're holding. So if you're holding, you know, Harry's wand, the stag comes out and it's just in this like little bubble globe thing in front of you, but that's all it does. They were enticing us over saying that you can duel with it. And I was like, Oh, that sounds amazing. Let's duel. And they're like, well, only Harry and Voldemort's wands duel. And I was like, okay, but like, what do you do with this duel? Like, do you, you say a spell? Is there any, you know, challenge to it? And there was nothing. You just hold on to it. And, you know, all the sparks fly out and then Harry wins. So I was like, okay, yeah, that. Like, little kids will probably love it. 
Um, but otherwise, like as an adult, and if it, you are, if you don't have much time, just it, walk it could easily it. be skipped. Like it's a pretty thing to look at for a second. I wouldn't bother sticking around for the no. whole thing. Um, but yeah, that's no. And then in July, there will be more there will stuff be games. And the original press announcement for the place said that the upstairs area would at some point be used for live events. Right. Um, they're not talking about that right now. I even asked one of the people there and they were like, yeah, we're not, we're not actually talking about that right now. The upstairs is just for the VR thing, but I bet at some point, probably for stuff like next movie premiere right. or something like that, that we'll see something happen in that space. That's the, in that third floor. Cause there's so much room. VR. You it's don't need place. that much room for a VR game. This is a big store. Like it's, there's it a is. lot going on there. So that if that whole third floor is for events and stuff, some cool stuff could end up happening right. there in the next couple of months. All right, Stephen. It's been a long twenty-four hours, maybe for you. No, more than that. At this point, I believe the last time I was asleep was thirty-six hours ago. Um, but yes, I got in the car about twenty-four hours ago to head down to New York. So I among many things and exhausted in khakis um quite frankly <laughs> being real a little smelly in khakis um uh sore in khakis uh yeah sleepless in khakis uh, uh sleepless yeah that i was gonna make a sleepless in seattle joke but i don't have it in me yeah Yes. That's okay. So we have already heard from Russell and Katie about their experience on Saturday when you guys journeyed out to the early entrance for the store, but now it has officially opened and you have just returned. So tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah. So I was born on May 21st. Too far back. Okay. Too far back. Um, Katie as everybody in the Harry Potter community at this point seemingly knows is a semi-professional Harry Potter premiere event camper attendee, whatever phrasing you want to use. So Katie had this bright idea that we be first in line. Therefore we needed to spend the entire night outside of the store uh, lined up. So we did that. Um, we all, there was a group of us, um, the 22nd and 5th crew, as I have named us. Um, it was Dank, House of Phoenix Cosplay, Katie and Russell, the Harry Potter fan, Russell Holly, uh, Hannah, Hannah Marie 32, Katie and Chris, Katie, oh boy, I'm so going to mispronounce this, Katie, Figura 003, and Chris Waba, and then Kaylee of Narbles and Nifflers. We were out there. Um, we lined up outside the store, very nice security guard named Mario told us, Hey, you can go stand right across the street. If you want, they just didn't want any lines in front of the store directly. Um, and he even was, he was so kind. He even said, Hey, if you guys go stand across the street, when other people start to line up here, I will tell them that you all are the front of the line. Um, so we did that. We literally, there was like a revolt, like a, a, like a, you know, like a closed, like a non-functioning revolving door kind of on the corner of the street, kind of catty corner to the store. 
So we just parked it there. Some people had some lawn chairs, uh, not lawn chairs, like those little, you know, like uh, sideline, like soccer mom chairs. Um, and we sat there for the entire night and Katie and Russell had a projector that we put up against a pillowcase and we watched Fantastic Beasts and we theorized about uh, what celebrities would be there. Spoiler alert, no celebrities were there. Um, We laughed, we lived, we loved, we cried. Um, It was a night. Um, The best part of the night, in my opinion, uh, was right around 3.45 a.m. when the first people who were not us joined in the line. Because at that point, our presence for this line concept became validated. Because up until then, I was grumbling because I'm like, if we're the only, if we are the line, there's, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um, so 3.45, that was great. Oh, wait, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. The actual coolest thing about this was earlier in the evening, around like nine o'clock, right when we probably first got in line, um, this gentleman and two ladies uh, walked over to us. Uh, The gentleman asked us, are are you guys in line for the store? And he had a British accent. They were all carrying Harry, the the Harry Potter store kind of uh, uh, purchase bags, like, you know, the, the bags that put all your stuff in. So I, you know, not too hard to assume they worked there. Uh, turns out we were talking with Carl Durant, um, who is the VP at Warner Brothers in charge of like all of their retail experience. Uh, so presumably the the man overseeing the project. Uh, one of the women, her name was Alex, I believe. And I think she over was overseeing all of the social media accounts for Harry Potter NY throughout uh, the week. Presumably, you know, beyond the event as well. I don't know that to, to be sure, but... The three of them were super kind. We talked for like 10 minutes. We had a really great conversation. Like it was, it was just fun and it was easy. Um, they were surprised, happy, concerned to see us. I think we were also simultaneously surprised, happy, concerned. Um, it, it, that was really cool. That was really, really cool. That was something I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, I guess the last couple of things I'll say about the early morning line, and then I'll pause for reaction, Danny, um, is I was talking with some of the early entrants into the line. So um, there were these two young ladies who drove 15 hours straight from Chicago, parked their cars straight up across the street from the store when they got to New York, first time in New York City. Uh, one of them, her name is Izzy Johnson. Um I couldn't find the Instagram of the other of the other uh, of the other young woman who who was with her, uh, but they were super cool, um, rocking some Slytherin stuff. Um, they, they had a great time. I saw them throughout the store you know, throughout the day, and then the other people. And oh, I wish I'd gotten their contact info. It was a mother daughter, um, and they have matching. They're from the Philly area. So, listeners, here's your puzzle for the day: a mother daughter tandem. Uh, the daughter's in college in California. They're both from the Philadelphia area. They have matching ankle tattoos of the book stars. And I believe maybe a wand, but definitely the book stars. Um, the daughter was wearing a burrow, a brown burrow sweatshirt um, at the opening. They were super cool. We talked for like 20 minutes. I really want to say the mom's name or the daughter's name. One of their names was Meg. I was pretty delusional at this point. So names and things were already starting to escape kind of my mind grapes, but 
if y'all happen to hear this by any cosmic intervention, would love to have you on the podcast because we talked about your Harry Potter origin story. I shared mine. Um, it would be really cool to have y'all on. So that was kind of our early morning and late night line experience. When people started showing up oh, roughly around four, was it like a steady now people are showing up or was there another a lull in the line? There was definitely another lull. I had been IMing with friend of the pod, well, I guess friends of the pod, both Tyler Starr from Protego Foundation and Johnny, the collecting wizard. So they showed up independent of each other, but in short order, kind of in that first 20 people-ish or so in line, or at least 20 groups in line. Um, and there was definitely a lull. Um, I don't remember. And then Sarah showed up, uh, our amazing friend, of course, Vera DeSarum, host of First Year's Pod, Sarah Jones-Dittmeyer. Um, and she was hanging out with us from like 5.30 onwards. I don't remember what time they moved us into a line actually up against the storefront um, with like ropes and kind of, you know, like kind of in like a cordoned off area. I want to say that was like seven. Once they moved us over there, then the line started to grow pretty quickly. Um, But we, our group, the group of all those people I mentioned before and Sarah and myself and Jocelyn was there. Jocelyn got there probably right around 637. I think that must have been when we moved over seven o'clock sounds right. Um, Jocelyn, of course, travel style magic. Um, Because you guys are using QR codes and I know they are still operating that at least for the foreseeable future, depending on crowds, I guess. How does that work? Well, that's funny because we heard different answers to how that was going to work throughout the night from the staff, from various members of the Harry Potter and Wife staff and security. And then what actually happened was not kind of what we were told. What we were told was that they were going to have an hour before the shop opened. So the shop opens at 10. So at 9 a.m., they were going to have the QR code posted, you know, like physically brought out at like kind of various points along the block where the storefront is. So you could scan it and get a, like a virtual ticket with a return time. What ended up happening was Mario, the wonderful security guard, literally had an iPad and he was just walking through the line and having people scan the QR code just straight from the iPad um, at nine o'clock. And you can do it um, where you can do more than just yourself. So if you have a group that you're with, right, I think it was up to eight people or 10 people. I want to say eight, eight sounds right. Um, So that, that's how they were handling that. Uh, But I'll tell you, it was pandemonium there from like, 8.15 onward. There was press everywhere. I know Katie and all the cosplayers were interviewed by CNBC affiliates, by a couple other people who I stopped paying attention because, you know, I had heard the same stories 13 times by that point in the morning. Um, You know, the Harry Potter NY team had their videographers out there asking questions. You know, we got asked some questions. I was told I wasn't excited enough to which I really wanted to say back. I've been in line since 7 p.m. or not 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Um, I feel I'm excited enough. Uh, that was either here or there. Uh, Sarah and I both got interviewed by 1010 Winds, which is a, a, a New York radio station um, that I grew up listening to. Um, it was wild. It was wild um, because there was a buzz. 
you had staff filing in and out, you had people showing up, you had people getting in line, people ignorantly going straight up to the door trying to get in, you had press, you know, the city itself was waking up for the day. Um, from like eight o'clock onward, it, it definitely felt a lot different. And of course it started raining, which just added to the fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy couple of hours. So let's get to the actual short store experience. Cause I know you also were able to see the store Saturday prior to opening and then you have returned, but we have not heard your experience of going to the store minus the people that follow you on the gram. Yeah. Well, the first thing before you even get in the store, and this wasn't um, something I saw at the preview because they only should, they only tore down the, the barricades over the storefront. Um, I believe Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Um, but the actual windows kind of in the storefront Um. And Katie, a bunch of us took good photos, but Katie took a really good photo of the storefront at night. They have, I guess, five windows on one of the sides of the store, one for each house, and then one in the center with the Hogwarts castle kind of silhouette. And swear to God, and I asked many people about this, the giant squid tentacles at the bottom. (laughs) Swear to God, not even joking. Hand to God. Um and the house windows are really cool. It's like this, it, it was, it, the thing I noticed was A, the, ton, the, the the vibrant colors, and we'll talk about it inside the store in a second, but you know, your eyes are, 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 are visually drawn in from the second you approach the store to these massive window fronts where you have one for each house and, it, and it's very modern, it's very sleek. And I was talking with one of the sales associates inside, I'll talk about her in a little bit. Um, and the rest of the store uh, associates who I had really great conversations with, um, her name was Gracie. And we were talking about uh, the style guide for the store and how it's uh, a very much different than everything else we've seen from Potter apparel and merchandise over the years. And it's specifically different in the sense that they really tried to tailor it to people who um, might be looking for a more subtle Harry Potter look. Um, not you know obviously like, like for instance the Hufflepuff crest is right there still on the front of the shirt but it's a lot less of that super traditional like early two thousands Harry Potter brand it's that we obviously very funny that you say that because Katie was talking about her walk through the store and she was talking about the apparel and her response was well it's not really me but it's nice I just like more loud vibrant things well it's it's funny because it's vi- they're definitely vibrant. But it's less um, blatantly Harry Potter, so to speak, right? It's a lot more of like what I would call just generally stylish. Not to say Harry Potter stuff isn't stylish, but it's certainly more, you know. Well, previously a lot of the Harry Potter apparel still had that kid teenage vibe. That sometimes you'd look at it and be like, I don't know if I can necessarily wear that out on the regular unless I'm at the parks. But from some of the stuff I've been seeing, I'm like, yeah, I wear that out on a regular day, not to yeah. work, but. Yeah, and the, and the store itself, we'll get into it, right, is really cool. So you walk in and the first thing you see is they have a room in the front dedicated to merchandise um, that specifically is exclusive to the New York store and or has like New York quite literally on the apparel and merchandise um, there's a massive Fox the Phoenix um, hanging over top of you as you walk in. And the the room is like 
really it, it's really beautifully white with some blue accents and then fox just just vibrant orange kind of sitting there um the way i try to describe the story to people and this might have an audience of maybe two of y'all out there is for anyone who's ever been in one of those old-fashioned um like higher-end clothing stores where like every room kind of like has like an alcove entryway and like each room is distinctly different from the others in the store like i'm thinking of like I know when I was a kid, I went into like a Ralph Lauren store once, like, like what, like not like a Ralph Lauren, like a department store, like one of the actual Ralph Lauren, like, like locations, uh, like in New York city or, or wherever. Um, it had a feel like a very, this, this store, they, they maintained the integrity of the building, which is a really old building in the Flatiron district um, to, to give this very old fashioned, almost regal kind of shopping experience. And then just stuffed it to the brim with meticulous detail and vibrant color and 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 little Harry Potter context clues throughout. Now, you mentioned what did you say in your live today? Like it was a mashup of like an FAO Schwartz. Yeah, I don't remember the other one. I remember that. And a Rainforest Cafe. Yes, that was it. Well, well, because every inch of this store is thematically designed, right? So you have all of these beautiful displays and end caps and all these different, you know, sales vehicles. But then you look above the racks and they've got like almost these little like cubbies kind of where they have Cornish pixies or uh, um, quills and scrolls or they have some of the books opened in an artistic way or you know, a, a Niffler hanging out or, or Pickett. Um, it's, you know, in one section of, I, think, I believe it's called the toys section where they have a bunch of the stuffed animals and the Funkos and all that. Um, they have a, a dirigible plum tree kind of pseudo built out 3D coming out of the wall. And it, it what's amazing is every section of this store is incredibly unique. And there's probably... If I do math on the fly here, one, two, three, four, five. Like there's at least 10 sections of the store, I would say. But they did them all so distinct from each other and so unique to where like you almost feel like you're in a whole different experience depending on which way you turn throughout that store. What is there a an area of the merch that you and minus just Hufflepuff? that you really enjoyed seeing like the setup? Oh yeah, the Hufflepuff stuff was cool. I don't know if I would say I loved it, you know, anymore. It certainly, I, I, with no, it, it was beautifully done, but it, it wasn't my favorite. It was just a really, you know, it was good. It was just nice to see house representation in more than two product. There was such great house parody throughout the store. I will say that. Um, I guess my favorite areas, oh boy. Um, on the upstairs, like on the main level, on the, on the street level, when you walk in, I really enjoy the, I guess I'll two things. I'll do two things from up from the main level, two things from the downstairs level on the main level. I really enjoy the room that's like the Honeyduke's room um, where you have the chocolate frogs. You have a massive frog that actually kind of ribbits and has some like movement to it at the top of the room, which is really cool. 
you have butterbeer in there, not the bar. You have uh, bottled vegan butterbeer um, and, and mugs that you can buy and some, you know, chocolate frogs, all that crap. Um, and then I also really enjoy, it's not really a shopping area, but they have a London phone booth and a brick wall. And on the brick wall, they've painted a bunch of the, the ministry's wanted pamphlets and inside the phone booth as well. Um, and it has such a real look. And as some, I mean, what you actually find inside of British phone booths is a lot more uh, not kid friendly, but it like, still had a very real look. Like it felt the whole, the whole thing, the whole store felt very real and, and very lived in and very well done. And then on the lower level, um, the book corner was incredible. The book corner, they have all the different books from the Mina Lima illustrated editions to the original books in hardcover, softcover to uh, notebooks that you may use to, uh, there was a lot of stuff there. Um, but what's cool about that area is, again, that's kind of those top kind of little cubbies that they have above the products where they have Cornish Pixies and all this stuff. The actual ceiling where they've got books almost kind of like birds or like, you know, kind of open, right? They're, they're open and they're hanging. They're, 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 they're hanging from the ceiling. And then if you turn around from the book corner, you've got this beautiful archway of all kind of books that are all kind of uh, they're not neatly stacked and they form this beautiful 3D arch. Each of the books um, are like textbooks or various books referenced throughout the series. And then on the brick wall around the arch, a lot of the original chapter illustration art um, from Mary Grand Prey is, um, is painted onto the brick wall there. So that's really cool. Um, and then the second area in on the lower level um, that I really loved um, was the customization and personalization area. Uh, not necessarily because I have any particular interest in getting things customized or personalized, although that's a really cool feature of the store, but just because I really loved the way they had everything displayed. It just aesthetically was super pleasing to the eye. One of the things, and I didn't think about this until just now, because in my head, I was just waiting for you to mention it, is that Katie Russell and I did not talk about it because they didn't have their stock in when you went last time is Mina Lima. Yeah. So Mina Lima, for those who may not know, although if you've listened to me rant ramble on this podcast for how many episodes have we done now? 70 is the team that designed the visual look and feel of the wizarding world. They are the team that did all of um, the visual props and designs throughout the movies. And since their wild success designing the Wizarding World, uh, being the, the oeuvre of the Wizarding World, not the actual Wizarding World at Universal, um, they created a graphic design like museum slash shop in London, which is just absolutely incredible. One of my favorite places in the world. And they've introduced into a section of the Harry Potter New York store, their first ever permanent US location. And they've got a handful of their work there. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, the funny story that we heard, it's a rumor, so we can't confirm that this is true, but when we were there on Saturday for the press preview, they did. They said they didn't have most of their prints and stuff. They had a bunch of their like, 
note cards and a lot of kind of their lower end, like kind of, you know, gifts and trinkets there. They didn't have any of their prints in stock yet. They said they said they hadn't arrived yet. And this was Saturday. The store was opening Thursday. Not a lot of days. Uh, we heard a rumor that the stuff only arrived Wednesday afternoon around like three, four o'clock for a Thursday opening, which is just wild. Um, but yeah, they had a bunch of stuff there. Um, the two cool, th- I mean, it's all cool. I have a Mina Lima gallery wall. I love Mina Lima with all of my heart. Uh, but the two uh, new slash unique things they had one was a Brooklyn uh, print that is from somewhere in the Fantastic Beasts series. I forget exactly where. Um, and then they had a specific print that they designed. I think it was like a LE 200 um, for the New York opening, um, which is just really, really cool. And that was the first place I went when I got in the store this morning. I was like a bludger uh, careening my way to the back of the store. To, and I'm assuming that eventually we'll have pictures of that that you post. Yeah, I I got look, I <laughs> I spent what the kids call a crapload of money um, both Saturday and today. Um, and once I'm able to sleep and eat and you know shower. Thanks. Um, you know, all that good stuff. I will be posting a lot of photos of all the different merchandise I picked up over, over the, the course of the two days I was there. Um, because it's really beautiful stuff. Uh, it's all really well done. So one of the things that um, I have asked people is, and this might be difficult, top three items that you found in the store that either you just really enjoy, they don't have to be exclusive, but just three items that really stuck out to you as of, oh, that's really cool. Okay, so I've got two that come to mind immediately. And then as I'm talking, I'll see if I can come up with a third. Uh, the first is the both the vegan butterbeer in and of itself, and then the butterbeer bottles. The vegan butterbeer was something that was... Uh, campaigned for largely by Tyler from the Bodega Foundation, Ivana Lynch. Um, it's actually funny because I'm a couple seasons behind as I'm finally starting Chick Peeps. And on an episode from like two years ago at this point, Ivana talks about how uh, the Universal Warner Brothers team always wanted her to do promotional photos at the parks with butterbeer. And she never would because at the parks, the butterbeer is not vegan. And I was listening to that episode maybe a month ago, right? And then they announced, you know, about a month ago that they're going to have vegan butterbeer in the, at the store in New York and Ivana was taking promotional photos. So it was just this very weird timing thing. Anywho, the butterbeer itself is a lot less sweet than the original park butterbeer, which I certainly love. I, don't get me wrong. I drink the original butterbeer anyway. Um, but this soda version, which I, as we know, I'm not a fan of the original soda version, the vegan soda version is heavier on ginger, I believe, and a lot less sweet. It's still super sweet, and it's really good, uh, but it, the balance is a lot better. And so I'm really happy that the actual product exists for all of us out there who, who are, are vegan or at least trying to be more health conscious. Um, and then the bottling is really cool. Uh, they're bottled in the UK. The, the bottling is designed by Mia Lima. They have two different label designs. One is a uh, what I'm calling their standard butterbeer label now. It almost looks like Subway Tiles. Um, if you've seen photos of the butterbeer bar from the store, you will have seen that. The other is a Makusa label, which is really cool. 
So that's number one is the butter beer. Um, you also, of course, can get the regular butter beer with the foam. And you, you know. can also get it without foam, which is something you cannot do at Universal. Yes, correct. You can also get it without foam. You can, um, I think they have butter beer ice cream. They have a couple different snacks there, which are really good. Personal fave was the chocolate wand. Don't get me wrong, the cupcakes and those things were in the cookie were good, but they were, you know, run of the mill. The chocolate wand, as I recall, was sourced from some semi-local chocolatier and it had, it, it wasn't like hollow chocolate. It was like good chocolate. Um, so that's number one. Number two is Grindelwald's wand. And I'm not really a wand guy, as we know, like I'm not someone who like has like 40 of them. I don't geek out on wand lore or any of that stuff, but they had Grindelwald's wand at the shop. Um, and Y'all need to Google it. The one that's pre-Elder Wand. It looks, and so one of the sales reps, and I keep kind of <laughs> teasing these sales reps. I promise I'll talk about them more in a couple of minutes, kind of as one group. Um, one of the sales reps was telling me, and I don't know if this is canonically true or not. So listeners, keep me honest. Um, maybe, maybe Rob, if you're listening, keep me honest here. Um, Michael Burson, I know you're a wand guy. If you're listening, keep me honest. It looks like a... Uh, a stick, like a branch he just picked up off the ground. It's like, you know, most wands are like a, you know, like a, a, a cylinder, you know, they, they're like, they're, 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 they're whole, right. They're a complete cylinder. And obviously they look like a wand. It's not just like a cylinder, like a, like a straw, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, this is like a, like a piece of wood that like has chunks missing out of it has these little red kind of prickly things sticking out. Like it just looks like a ominous kind of little stick that he picked up off the ground and said, this is going to be my wand now. And Russell and I were marveling over it the other week. We had never seen it before. Um, and that was really, really, really cool. Uh, for anyone out there who's a wand person, um, let us know, like if you know more about Grindelwald's wand and all that. Obviously, we know the Elder Wand. Don't tell us about that. We're good. We got that. We've seen the two mediocre movies, and we're going to watch the remaining three. It's fine. It's fine. Um, that's number two. Ooh, the third coolest thing. Oh boy. Um, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> the Griffin. So, in the center of the entire store like in the heart of the store is the staircase It's the circular staircase that goes, takes you from level to level. And in the middle of the staircase is a massive, massive centerpiece. That's the Griffin that sits outside Dumbledore's office. So obviously this whole thing's a play on Dumbledore's office. The Griffin rotates y'all. Like it moves in a full 360 degree circle. Like the one at Dumbledore's office does. It doesn't go up and down like the one at Dumbledore's office does, but it, it moves it's, it's the coolest thing because it would have been so easy just to have the Griffin and be like, yeah, like we put the Griffin in. It's a really cool striking centerpiece and we're good. But they went the extra mile to actually have this thing be rotational and mechanical. And that's really neat. Um, those are probably the three things that I think were the most striking to me throughout the store. Obviously, you can't buy the Griffin, but um, it just really stood out. All right. So what else do you have on your list that you would like to discuss? Well, I want to talk about the sales associates, the shop reps, whatever, whatever their title actually is. Um, I, because between the press event on Saturday, so I, I spent a lot of time on Saturday talking with the various sales associates, just asking them various questions, everything from like how long have they had you here training and like, how's it been to what's your favorite fun fact about the store to 
your favorite thing here in the store. Like if you're buying something, what are you buying, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I had a lot of great conversations with a lot of reps. So I am not uh, excluding people. I am, I'm not trying to exclude people, but these are the names that I a hundred percent remember. Um, I, I had a really good time talking with Allison um, who was up on the wand area for the majority of the time. And what was funny was when I came back uh, today, she saw me, she goes, Oh my God. Hey. And like, you're back. And like, we had a great chat a couple different times while I was there. Um, Zoe and Alyssa, um, I, I believe she pronounced it Elisa um, down in the personalization and customization area um, on Saturday. Um, they told me this fun fact about the subway tiles, I believe is what they told me. Um, so they have a ministry of magic area on the lower level with the green subway tiles, like you see in the movies, uh, in the movies, they're just painted wood here for the store. They brought in these hand painted tiles from Italy and the paint they use is some special finish that makes the tiles feel cold to the touch, um, which is just like such a cool element. And like, who thinks of that? I, Carl does, but like, that's such a brilliant, like, uh, completely unnecessary extra touch that just elevates the space from like an A plus to like an A plus 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 plus. Um, so I had a great chat with them. And then today at the store, I had a really nice time. Gracie was checking me out. Gracie was on the jewelry section. Um, we talked for like 15, 20 minutes and she was just super sweet. Um, we talked a lot about the music they play at the store and, and, and her favorite stuff there and her, all the, props that she likes throughout the store. Can you mention the music? Because I haven't heard anyone talk about it's like, just, the atmosphere of the music. Yeah, it's just the music from the movies. I believe she had said they have two different they have two different primary playlists. One is movies one through four. The other is movies five through eight. She did say that I think sometimes you can get the Fantastic Beasts music in there. I don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but she did say, depending on who the manager controlling the iPad is, you can sometimes persuade them depending, you know, to get different, a different uh, order in. Um, but she told me what I thought was really cool. You can customize and personalize wands there. She's planning on getting Sirius Black's wand, which I believe she told me was her favorite wand engraved with the shop opening date. Um, which that's, is like a really, what, well, that's what Jocelyn did. She got uh, Jenny's wand with the shop opening date. I didn't think of that. That's pretty cool. Um, but look, overall, and I also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention in the Butterbeer area, in the Butter, well, that was a sentence, in the Butterbeer bar, um, I didn't get her name, but Allison, Gracie, if any of y'all are listening, and, and Allison, we talked a lot about the podcast, actually. I really hope you found it. I told you, Purple Logo, Creating Magic Podcast. Anywho, um, there was a lovely woman working in the Butterbeer bar and she'd remember me because she remembered me today when I was in, because on Saturday when I was in, I was wearing the khaki robes that Katie made for me. And when I was taking photos and she was laughing, this woman who I love was endearingly laughing her ass off, especially because Katie was taking photos that were showing off the triple chin and khakis. So once Katie got done taking photos, I handed the phone to this very nice woman and said, can you help me out with the angles here? So she took some photos of me that were a little more flattering so then I saw her again today and we had a nice chat again. She goes, oh my God, you're the robe guy. Anywho, you kept it real. It was fun. I really wish I got your name. Um, but you, the, the, the point of the story is all of the sales associates that I talked, through, talked to throughout the store in any of the sections 
were all so nice. And it was so clear that they were not only invested as, as employees, but as Harry Potter fans. One of the sales associates was telling me that during their trainings, when they would have breaks, they would do Harry Potter trivia just to see who could out-nerd each other. And I was talking with one sales associate today who saw my tattoos and said, I really want to get a Marauder's Map on my back, which is intense, my guy. Um, that's a commitment. Um, but they, they all so clearly cared and they made the experience, they elevated the experience, uh, right? Uh, in, in a way that felt comparable for me to the studio tour and much in a way elevated from what I tend to experience at Universal in Orlando. So I guess the other thing I'll say is I know I mentioned a couple of people already, but I ran into a lot of people there, um, which was super cool. Um, so I know I talked about a couple of these people already, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them. Again, Peter, the Potter Collector, it was great seeing you in person, catching up for a little bit. Um, Tyler, um, Tyler came up to me at one point and said, oh my God, is that the muggle and cat? It was just, it, it, he's my guy. He's my guy. Mazel tov on the engagement, by the way. Um, Johnny, the collecting wizard. Johnny's, Johnny's just fine. Johnny and I would be like day-to-day buddies if I was living down in Miami or if he, for some stupid reason, moved to Hartford. Um, I saw Nicolette, uh, whimsically Nicolette there. Um, so lovely seeing you. Um, she also did a muggle and khakis bit, which I thought was funny. Um, and then I saw Candace from the Wizarding Sibs. Um, I saw her briefly in the morning and I was like half awake. So Candace, I apologize if I came across as distant because I was there. I was punch drunk. Um, and I know I saw more people. One, one, I, I had a, I had a fame moment, Danny. I'll tell you that much. First, one of my first ever fame moments was I'm in the store. I'm talking with Gracie down, checking out near the jewelry section. Um, and this young guy comes up, looks to be young, probably like 21, 22. I don't know. So, you know, he's younger than me, which there's a lot of people younger than me now. I'm getting up there in age, but, you know, um, and he's with a young lady. I didn't get her name. I believe his name was Adam. And he said to me, it was either Adam or Alex. I really want to say Adam. Again, I'm not trying. I hate that I sound like I didn't. I got your name, but good God, I am slash was tired. Um He's like, hey, like one of my friends was like sending me all your content throughout the night from outside. And I just wanted to say thanks. Like, I appreciate it. I just wanted to come say hi. And that's never happened to me at any of these events. No one freaking cares about me. Everyone cares about Brandy and Chelsea and their Luna costumes and Katie with her golden egg and Lex as a bean. And, you know, yeah, everyone cares about all everyone else. It was the first time. I mean, look, like, Carrie at Universal was like, oh my God, are you muggling cat? But like, we know Carrie now. Like, that was different. This was like someone who was like, quote unquote, like truly random, who was like, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. That was cool. I, not like an egotistical statement, just like that was like a weird moment in like a good way. I was like, oh, oh, well, well, thank you. Um, so I don't know how the hell we'll track you down, but. Um, if you happen to hear this, um, that was really neat. Thank you for coming and saying something. Nice. Sounds like minus the tiredness, it was overall a very good, fun days. Yeah. I mean, there was objectively little reason to be in line from, you know, 8.45, 9 p.m. to 
3.43 a.m. Uh, when, you know, but I will say as someone who never was able to experience lining up for a midnight premiere or lining up at night for a book release or any of those kind of, you know, the events that, you know, people talk about all the time, um, just to be able to have the experience was cool. Um, would you do it again? Or yeah, you would, come back to that once you have no, I, I I would do it again. I think the, the one different thing I would do is I wouldn't drive to and from Manhattan. Not because the drive. I've done the drive. I have no problem with the drive. But let me tell you that on the way home, I literally just got back about half an hour before we hit record tonight. Um, there was a chance that I was going to be muggle in memoriam or obituary in khakis because I was exhausted. Um and I only drove down because I, I had missed the train I wanted to take because of some work calls. So I driving down to me on the way down made the most time efficiency sense. And I didn't fully think through or appreciate the return, um, which was a tactical error. Um, but I would absolutely do that again. Um, it was just fun. Um, don't get me wrong. I absolutely, while, while I love meeting all the people I met. Well, I love meeting Hannah, Katie, Chris, Kaylee, and, and hanging out with our Katie and Russell and Dank. Um, you know, I, I missed you. I missed Brandy. I missed Chelsea. I missed Lex. Um, we haven't really done much by way of events with Aiden, but he'll be pissed if I don't say him. So I, you know, <laughs> we, I, 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 as I do generally, I missed Aiden. Um, so yeah, um, I would absolutely do it again. Um, Sarah this morning helped me coin a new phrase that's now part of my brand on Muggle and Khakis. Uh, I'm slightly scared, but slightly intrigued because it's Sarah behind it. It is my my new tagline is low effort, high whimsy. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. It fits, honestly. It, it does. Fits. I mean, look, to, to, to actually wrap up this kind of whole podcast endeavor here, I will say just a massive shout out to everybody that was involved in the making of this store. Um, between the, the general kind of challenge of creating a new flagship retail store to doing it for something that is a property that you know, Fantastic Beasts, I guess, is what the second movie came out three years ago at this point. But the original seven Potters, you know, there are eight Potters, you know, are a decade old at this point. The last one is a decade, you know, like it's not a property that has brand new hot content coming out, is my point. And so, like, there's an added challenge in creating a retail store that people are really going to want to engage in. Um, they didn't have the virtual reality stuff in there yet, but everything they've done within that store and what I expect the virtual reality experiences to bring uh, is something that makes us an experience, not just a store. Um, and between just the, the overall general effort coupled in with the COVID constraints and challenges, um, which it was just remarkable. It really was remarkable. It felt unlike anything I've experienced in the U S for Harry Potter. Um, it, yeah, it, it's different. It's, it's, it's hard to compare because it's not an apples. It's not even apples and oranges because the studio tour is, it, it's like comparing 
apples and my point is it's hard to compare them because they're very different experiences and they're obviously they're geared towards different um a different experience but it felt similar to the studio tour in the sense that you are immersed in what feels like the real the real thing for your entire time at the location um i don't feel like i'm at a shop at the park i don't feel like i'm at a gift shop outside of a theater I don't feel it. It feels real. It, it felt absolutely real, and that was just supremely cool. So, uh, from my boy Carl all the way down to um, the custodial crew, who I saw working their tails off trying to keep the floors dry today, um, to the security that helped set it up, to you know. <laughs> My ladies, Allison, Gracie, Zoe, Elisa, everybody who was involved um, in, in helping make the, this experience what it was, it was it was just really well done. And to all the fans who were there, um, of course, everyone I mentioned, all the people who I like, you know, quote unquote, know, but just everyone else who was just there was, they, they were so full of energy and so full of just happiness. Like the people who were, right, the 3.45 a.m. people who were right behind us, these three people, two guys and a girl from Elizabeth, New Jersey, who like didn't like quote unquote look like Harry, like they weren't dressed out. They were just there and they were so happy to be there and so excited to be there. And you saw people with kids, you saw, you know, it just, you know, maybe I'm making too much of it because we've been stuck in a global pandemic for the past like 16 months at this point, but it just felt so good to be surrounded by people, you know, and people you didn't know who were all there for a shared similar passion. And um, yeah, it was really cool. So we will not be having an episode out this Thursday so as we are going to release this early so everyone can hear about their experiences. But to close out this episode, we are going to have a bunch of the individuals that went up for the opening and you can hear directly from them and what their reactions were. Hey, Creating Magic team, this is Tyler, and I just wanted to jump on here and tell you about my experience at the Harry Potter store in New York. Um, you know, what I think is the best way to summarize how I feel about this is if you've been to Orlando for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, if you've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Hollywood, this store I don't think is for you. I think I might be in the minority here when I say that I was a little underwhelmed by the Harry Potter store in New York. Granted, we haven't officially gotten the entire experience just yet since we don't have the VR experiences open, but at least from the merchandise, aside from the front room that we were all led into, the rest of the merchandise was all stuff that I had seen mainly before or stuff that I had seen on the website, the harrypottershop.com website or at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So what I think this shop is good for if they do do their rumored expansion across the U.S. is this will be good for the fans in Arizona, the fans in Texas, in Wisconsin. You know, these places where you're not going to get a lot of great Harry Potter content like you would on the East or West Coast. So this is going to be a little local magic magic for our local fans. So I think people in New York, they're going to love it. But does this make for me as a Harry Potter fan, New York, a destination to go just for Harry Potter, New York? I don't think so. I think I'll continue going to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Orlando and L.A. 
Hi, my name is Jocelyn Mossman, and today I went to the opening of the Harry Potter New York store, and I think my favorite parts were the Mina Lima shop, which was super exciting, uh, the dark arts room, because they have a giant Nagini snake up on the ceiling that actually speaks Parseltongue, and I really love the Room of Wands as well. There are so many really cool, like, small props that are there, and it's all just really magical. You can scan, like, a little code, and it becomes a bit of a puzzle, and you get a prize if you can figure out what the puzzle is at the end. It's a really neat, fun experience for kids, for longtime fans, um, it's really fun for all ages. The butterbeer bar was absolutely amazing. I downed my butterbeer so fast and I loved it so much. And I know that when I'm going back in the next two weeks, I'm going to get the butterbeer ice cream, which should be amazing. I'm really excited about that. Um, so I walked out today with the limited edition 250 total Mina Lima print uh, for the opening day, which I'm really excited about having. And then also a personalized wand. I got Ginny's wand with the opening date on it, um, which will be a great addition to my little wand collection um, because I collect both character ones and like special small shop ones. So having Ginny's from opening day with the little personalization that says opening day on it, that'll be really neat to add to that collection. Um, overall, I thought it was an incredible experience just getting to see friends again, um, getting to spend time with people and getting to meet new people. Uh, the Potter community is really loving and kind and generous, and it was really nice to just be around that Potter community and the Potter family again and get to take pictures and see people in cosplay. And yeah, it was just an overall really amazing experience, and you should definitely go if you get the chance. Hey, so I'm Dank of House of Phoenix Cosplay on Instagram, and I was lucky enough to be able to go to the opening of the Harry Potter New York City store today, um, which actually started yesterday because I drove down in just like the crazy people on this podcast, or one of them anyway. Uh, we spent the night outside and made some new friends because that's what Potter family does. There's no such thing as strangers. It's just friends you haven't met yet. And we were the first people in and blown away. I think is not even a good way to start describing this store. It's just, it's mesmerizing. It's breathtaking. Like they have this huge Phoenix as the main entrance. That's like flying. Like it looks like it's flying over your head. Um, so much new merch that you cannot really find anything or anywhere else. They have a room which just has all four houses, and a lot of that merch you can find at Universal Studios, which is fine. But then the rest of the store is just completely different things, um, from butterbeer to pops to uh, plushes. They have so many different kind of wands that you can also get engraved. Uh, I'm going to go back because the one thing I did not get today, they have the Triwizard jerseys that you can also get. 
um, personalized. Um, I want to see how it fits before I try it on because I'm always scared that it's, you know, it looks great on this person and then it looks like a gorilla is wearing it on me. So, um, but more so than this merch that I just wanted to touch base on is the staff that put this together from your entry level clerk to the upper management. Everybody, obviously, you know, you walk into a store and people smile at you, but sometimes you can tell that people are like not really smiling. They, they smile because they have to. Here, people were smiling because they were smiling. Like they were part of this, you know, fandom that we're all part of, but like they were actually loving what they were doing and you could see it. You could feel it. You, you know, everybody was always, you know, how can I help you and this and talking and obviously, and they were all Potter fans. This wasn't a store that like hired random people. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll give you a job. No, these people talked Potter left and right, which was amazing, including all the way up to the managers. Um, and for an opening, what I did notice also was nobody felt overwhelmed. They, they, they knew their stuff. They knew their positions. They knew what they had to do, how to help people to the best of their abilities. Nobody really like, nobody broke a sweat. Nobody felt like they were like, I can't do this. And the cleanliness. We're talking like thousands of people went through the store. I was there for two hours and the two hours that I was there, there was not a wand out of place. Like people would take something and put it somewhere else and you would like literally see somebody walk right by, grab it and put it right back where it belongs. There was nothing. And we're talking like this was like a Black Friday opening pretty much. And that to me shows that like they were prepared for this. They knew what was coming. They knew what to expect. And they literally hammered out every single detail that there was. And it was just beautiful. Like there's... I mean, I could go talk hours about this, but just if you are in New York and you get the chance to go to see this store, go. Even if you don't buy anything, you won't. You'll buy a lot. Trust me. But just to watch all the little details that was put into this store, it is fantastic. The stores at Universal Studios don't have this kind of detail that this place has and then come july they're going to open the virtual reality rooms as well which i'm already going back i i've got to try these things and god knows what else because i was talking to a couple of the clerks and they're like yeah as seasons changes the peril's going to change so this is going to be a revolving door of stuff and go like if you ever need if you ever want to stop by a nerd or fandom based store this is the store you need to go to and just take so many pictures and videos because it it will last a lifetime honestly and i'm sure everybody else has touched on it but it felt so good to actually see people and be around friends and family that we have not seen in about a year or two and just be able to hug each other and talk and sit and laugh and share food and stories. And it was almost like a little con, like a mini con overnight, but it was like holding us over till our next major adventure. So go check it out. Have fun. You're not going to be pressured to be like, Oh, you've been here for an hour. You need to get out so you can take all the time you want and try to butter beer. Cause it's so good.
I loved getting to experience the Harry Potter flagship store on opening day, um, especially with so many friends. The pandemic has been a really difficult time for everyone, and now that so many people are vaccinated, it was so amazing to be able to spend time with people in person safely. Um, I hadn't seen any of my Potter friends since before the pandemic, so connecting with this community was definitely, definitely the most important and enjoyable part for me. I also met so many new friends like Steven, aka Muggle and Khakis. Hi, Steven. <laughs> um, hang out on a street corner in Manhattan all night, watching Fantastic Beasts on a pillowcase up against the Flatiron building at 2 a.m., uh, seeing all of the cosplay ideas. I just, I loved all of the kind of behind the scenes aspects of being a fan at these events. Um, honestly, I was kind of on the fence about trying to go to the store on opening day, but after finding out how many of my friends were planning on making the trip, I knew I had to go. The line wait was completely worth it. In fact, the wait has always been a fun time for me because it's in those gaps and wait times that bonds are really forged. Some people think we're like crazy for waiting like that. Um, in fact, some people who passed by us and took pictures of the line during the night directly told us that they thought we were crazy. Um, but really, it's it's basically a marathon of hanging out with friends, so it's completely worth it. The actual store is amazing as well, of course, and being one of the first people in, I legitimately teared up when the entire store started clapping as we walked in. Um, those first few moments were also the best because we were the only ones there. We had complete free reign of the store. Um, I kind of diverged from the rest of the group who were headed for the Mina Lima prints. I do not have any wall space at all for more prints. And um, I went straight for the Golden Snitch Wand, which was definitely my goal from the beginning, and I got one, so yay. Um, in those first few minutes, I also got to talk to the staff more in depth and chat with them, like, a bit more, uh, you know. I, I just got to chat with them a lot, um, which was nice, because when it started to get busy, like, they were all super engaged the whole time. But uh, when it was calm and nice like that, they, like, really got to engage with us. Um, I also saw the person who ran the social media for the store um, again. So she had approached us in line multiple times during our wait. And so when I got in the store and she was right there, we chatted for a bit. And it was so great to see her reaction to the opening and to see kind of her pride in like what she'd done and all the work she'd put in. And also, it's just so funny watching the shock um, on people's faces, her face included, at like the overwhelming turnout. <laughs> Like, people really underestimate Potter fans. Um, the details in the store were just incredible. I loved the elevator, which simulated the flu network. That was probably my favorite bit. Um, my favorite purchase had to be the embroidered Triwizard Tournament jersey. My middle name is Storm, so I had that embroidered on the back of a Gryffindor jersey. And I just gotta say, like, how kick-ass is that? Like, <laughs> it looks so cool. Um, so yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Everyone working the event was incredibly engaged, and um, I loved seeing all of the fans. I got to see so many lifelong friends, and I bought some great merch to add to my collection. So, yeah. Okay. So, the Harry Potter store in New York was just unbelievably brilliant. I had pretty high expectations, and they definitely exceeded them. From the staff to the merch to the decorations of the store itself, the layout, everything was unbelievable. I love that the store is broken up into sections um, because it almost feels like you're walking through a museum rather than just shopping through a store. It feels super interactive. You wanna take your time, go through everything, and then it feels like there's parts that you need to go back and visit again. 
I think the decorations for the store and the way they set up everything is probably my favorite part. I love that the railing around the staircase had like wands as part of the banisters. I love the little details on top of all the merch selections. They had official prop replicas from the movies, which was so cool to see in person because I've never been to the studio tour. So that's like one of the first times I've ever got to see stuff like that. Um, I love that you can get so many things personalized there from wands to your robes, the Quidditch jerseys, even little necklaces and Hogwarts letters. I think they've just done a brilliant job. And from someone who lives right next to Universal, I wasn't sure what I could see that wouldn't already be at Universal, but it was a completely new experience. Like it was just so amazing. And I feel so fortunate to have gotten to go. The opening crowd excitement was so fun to be a part of and I feel really happy and I can't wait to go back. It was awesome. The Harry Potter store in New York City is nothing but stunning. From the moment you walk in with the Phoenix to the subtle wands on the balcony railings and staircase. I truly recommend for anyone going in to try not to be blinded by the flashy merchandise, but to stop and look and look up, look down, find those hidden gems. And the more you look, the more you will find. And that's the magic of this shop. It's incredible. I think my favorite place in the store is the personalization area. I don't think there is even a place, even in London, that has this, where you can get a wand and engrave your favorite spell on it, or get the Triwizard jersey and get your name customized on it. Like, that's so cool, and it's a great gift for yourself, for uh, your friend, for a friend friend, for a family member, any Harry Potter fan will love it. Unfortunately, there are some drawbacks. I feel like there was a lot of missed opportunities, like utilizing interactive wands. It'd be really cool to have objects around the store where you can point your wand and actually do magic. Right now, they are utilizing QR codes, which takes the fun out of it. You're scanning your phone on a piece of paper, and it's just, it's not as magical it's very modern and not Harry Potter-like. Um, and the store is marketed to the new it, the people visiting New York who want to spend their money on things. There's no experiences with it. And there is the VR that's going to open up. So maybe it might change. But... It's not for the diehard fan who has annual passes to Universal Studios that go to the Warner Brothers tour to um, the, they go to London and they go to the house of the Mina Lima. Like this is just a little nugget of all of those things. And it's if you are a diehard and you go to all these different areas within the Harry Potter like destinations then it, this store will feel lackluster to you. It will feel like a gift shop when you leave the theme park. And it's very unfortunate. Um, I do hope that they um, up the experience more and make it more magical because 
I think that's what we're craving. We want to be part of the magic. We don't want to just buy things. Um, so that's kind of my review on the store. I think any Harry Potter fan will love it. Uh, from young, old, newly discovering the series to um, just growing up to the series. So look around, find those details, and have fun. Love you guys. Bye. Hey guys, it's Sarah from First Year's Podcast. I had such a great time at the Harry Potter store. My two big highlights are, the first one is my favorite part is actually the elevator. Um, make sure you don't miss it when you go. Um, the outside looks like a regular fireplace. And then as soon as the doors open, there are green flames throughout the entire inside. So it makes you feel like you're traveling by flu powder. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Um, the second thing is when you go down the spiral staircase, there is a snake coming out from the ceiling that I absolutely love and that the staff told me speaks parcel tongue sometimes. It's beautiful. I really hope you guys check it out and have an absolutely wonderful time.